next on the 5 o'clock report. They kept it a secret from the American public. We're not avoiding anything here. They're anything but honest and open. It's, it's bad now. It's, it's bad. Pick up and just do the best you can. I think the Lord was good to me. Now, let's go to the newsroom. Back to the scene of the crime. Good afternoon. Thank you very much for joining us. I'm Mark Webster. President Biden heading off to Delaware this afternoon for his usual weekend retreat. Left behind in Washington, though, a big question. Was Biden's Delaware garage the scene of a crime? They knew this has happened to President Biden before the election, but they kept it a secret from the American public. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. The White House insists it's being transparent about classified documents found there and in a Washington office closet. I've been in here almost every day since we got back from Mexico City, standing here taking your questions at length, uh, so that we're not avoiding anything here. White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre, but says CBS's Ed O'Keefe. What they're not being is publicly transparent or straight with the American people about what happened here. There was nothing stopping the President of the United States from disclosing to the public that this had happened back in November, but it happened just a few days before the election. Was that it is part of the reason why they opted not to disclose this? That's one of the unanswered questions. Former Acting Attorney General Matt Whitaker also weighed in. This is, remember, an administration that promised to be the most transparent and honest of any administration. And you can see from the press secretary's podium that they're anything but honest and open right now. Many Republicans in particular drawing similarities between Biden's garage gate and Trump's Mar-a-Lago. Former Prosecutor Lori Levinson says Trump's ordeal was different. There were hundred classified documents that were found and also that there had been representations that there were no such documents, that everything had been turned over. But Wall Street Journal editor James Freeman tells Fox that's not the key difference between GarageGate and Mar-a-Lago. The difference is Trump or Obama, if there's a question about his handling, were president. Joe Biden was not. New York Democrat Chuck Schumer says everyone should just let the special counsel assigned to the investigation do his job. The car on the chimney, flip the car. I mean, it, 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 it's, it's bad now. It's, it's bad. Nine fatalities and counting as authorities continue to comb through wreckage in multiple states after a tornado outbreak in the southeastern U.S. yesterday. This was my mom's house, y'all. The powerful gusts uprooted trees and overturned big rigs on highways. Across the south, there's been millions of dollars in damage. Crews in communities like Oak Village, Alabama, are picking up the pieces after being decimated. CBS's Omar Villafranca, this storm victim's taking the long view. Pick up and just do the best you can. I think the Lord was good to me. Uh, give me enough sense to get away from here before it hit because it's a good chance I'd have lost my life. Here in the listening area, by the way, there are some winter weather advisories in effect right now. We'll have Kevin Williams' updated forecast for you just ahead. Extraordinary measures. That's what Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen is warning will be needed if Congress doesn't quickly raise the debt limit. She notified lawmakers the Treasury Department will begin taking steps to avoid default once the debt limit is reached later next week. And a abortion survivor calling out opposition to the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act, which passed the U.S. House this week. Only one Democrat supported the measure to ban infanticide. Sarah Zagorski survived an abortion 33 years ago. I was delivered by an infamous New Orleans abortionist in 1990, and he delivered me at 26 and a half weeks, breach, and when I was born I wasn't breathing. He then advised my mother to let me die on the table. Thankfully, she resisted his coercive efforts. 
Zagorski says it took the threat of a lawsuit to save her life. She applauds efforts to protect babies who survive botched abortions. Women should never be in a situation where they have to fight coercive abortion positions in the abortion industry. And this bill will protect women and it will also protect babies like myself. That legislation, called extreme by former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, the only Democrat who supported it, Texas Congressman Henry Cuellar. While overall cancer deaths are falling in America, there's a glaring exception for men. More than 290,000 individuals will hear that they have prostate cancer this year. Dr. Karen Knudsen with the American Cancer Society, who says confusion over screening guidelines could be playing a role in that trend. Prostate cancer is highly curable when detected early enough. Southwest Airlines weighing all options to avoid another major meltdown. CEO Bob Jordan telling Reuters the airline has hired a consultant to investigate the disruption and identify gaps in its operations. And few have captivated the world like music legend Elvis Presley did. Yesterday, his only child, Lisa Marie Presley, passed from cardiac arrest at age 54. Here's CBS's Steve Fartiman, a look back at the unique life she led in the shadow of the king of rock and roll. But it's the one for the money. She was born into rock and roll royalty, the daughter of the king of rock and roll. And she lived much of her life in the spotlight. Lisa Marie Presley was just nine years old when her father died in 1977, old enough to have fond memories of him. He was no different than, you know, on stage or off. There was no machine behind him. There was no publicity campaign. There was no image, you know, making of anybody. He was just who he was, which was why I think he was loved so much. Lisa Marie Presley had a highly publicized two-year marriage to Michael Jackson and also had a brief singing career. Her mother, Priscilla, announced her daughter's death in a written statement. She called Lisa Marie the most passionate, strong, and loving woman I have ever known. Steve Futterman, CBS News, Los Angeles. Still to come on the 5 o'clock report, Governor Hochul's feet to the fire over a gas stove ban, cracking down on so-called sticker stores, and the power of prayer on display at midfield. I'm Kevin Williams, and here is your Family Life Regional weather forecast. As the weekend moves along, cold air will be well in place, but the snow some saw today may still be on the ground, but there'll be little falling from the skies. But there'll still be some slippery spots tonight where there was some snow today. It'll be cloudy to mostly cloudy tonight. Some patches of lake snow and flurries could be an inch or so, maybe two, southeast of Lake Ontario in spots. Low temps tonight, mid-teens, low 20s. Coming back into the 20s tomorrow with clouds, sun, and some lake flurries. Bright, sunny on Sunday, the high temperature then in the 30s. Thank you. Kevin now checking the stories, making news where you live across New York and Pennsylvania. Governor Hochul taking some heat from the restaurant industry, among others, for proposing a statewide ban on new gas appliances and furnaces by the year 2030. Is there sufficient capacity in the grid to support all of these new electric appliances? Melissa Flyshoot with the New York State Restaurant Association says she's heard from many restaurant owners who say that gas ban is a bad idea. How reliable is it going to be how much is it going to change my cooking time, for example? Some just flat out say it can't can't be done. Governor Hochul announcing that proposal during Tuesday's State of the State address. She says banning gas appliances will help the state meet its climate change goals. New York State Senator Tom O'Mara calling on the governor to crack down on sticker stores that gift customers with marijuana whenever they purchase stickers from those shops. There's no criminal penalties for them doing this. Whereas if they were selling alcohol, beer, tobacco, there would be. The sticker shops sell marijuana edibles that look like candy and that's attracting underage buyers. O'Mara says the sticker 
stores are contributing to a rise in criminal behavior. Now with marijuana being legal, people are walking around the sidewalks, smoking. You can't do that legally with an open container. The senator was joined by district attorneys and law enforcement in Watkins Glen yesterday, urging the governor to shut down those illegal sticker stores. Now it still mums the word in Elmira, New York, city leaders refusing to say why the police chief, Anthony Alvarez, is no longer on the job. City manager Michael Collins asked by WETM-TV for comment. What do you want the community to know about why Mr. Alvarez is no longer the police chief? At this time, I am unable to comment. Why is that? I, I just cannot make a comment in regards to that. Was he terminated or did he resign? His employment ended. Alvarez says ultimately his beliefs cost him his job, but he's not saying much about the details either. He says he was not willing to compromise his principles or ethics, and that's why he's no longer chief. He was with the department in various capacities for 27 years. Four Oswego High School students arrested for attacking a school resource officer. The students accused of striking the cop, trying to remove his weapon and pepper spray. Voters in New York's 3rd Congressional District launching a campaign to find embattled Congressman George Santos. Residents and Democratic legislator Josh Lafayette says Santos is in hiding, which is why he's announced the Where's George Santos campaign. It encourages people who might see the congressman out in public to take a picture and post it on social media. If George Santos won't come to us, then we'll come to him. The group rallied outside where Santos's office is supposed to be in Douglaston. However, it appears to be vacant. You don't get away with being the biggest fraud in modern American political history. Despite several investigations into the Republicans' alleged lies, Santos has repeatedly said he will not step down. I'm Natalie Migliori, NBC News Radio, New York. All right, to Pennsylvania now. Two missing brothers found dead in a Luzerne County reservoir yesterday. 67-year-old Daniel Fisk and 56-year-old Chris Fisk found in the Pikes Creek Reservoir. Both men were in the water with fishing poles. The brothers reported missing on Monday. Begging your pardon, outgoing Governor Tom Wolf has set the record for the most gubernatorial pardons ever granted in Pennsylvania. He has issued 2,540 in his eight years in office. That's over a thousand more than the previous record holder, Ed Rendell. In the centuries since William Penn founded Pennsylvania in 1681, the Commonwealth has never had an official state rock. But that could be changing. Here's family life's Terry Diener. Republican State Representative Doyle Hefley of Carbon County is poised to introduce legislation that would designate anthracite, or hard coal, as Pennsylvania's official rock. The designation of anthracite as the official state rock was suggested by one of Hefley's constituents. Terry Diener, Family Life News. All right, and the power of prayer has been on display right at the 50-yard line, so to speak, over the last several days as the nation cheers for the complete recovery of Buffalo Bills safety DeMar Hamlin. His cardiac arrest during a Monday night football game last week sent millions into prayer mode, including Jason McGuire with New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms. Well, you know, it's heartening to see uh, America recognize uh, the power of prayer again. So often you hear thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers every time there's some kind of a tragedy. This time the thought stopped and America's hearts just turned to prayer. The freak injury turned football stadiums into prayer meetings. Michael Gear with the Pennsylvania Family Institute. I saw a Facebook post this week from uh, Coach Joe Kennedy who won that case in the United States Supreme Court who was fired from his job for praying at the 50-yard line silently by himself. I think Americans are going to take another look at uh, what Coach Kennedy did and say, hey, you know what? We should be praying. The Buffalo Bills postseason run starts Sunday at home against the Miami Dolphins. Quarterback Josh Allen says it's showtime. But again, it's, it's the biggest game of our season. It's the next one and 
um, we understand the implications uh, of the playoffs. This is everything that we wanted. Obviously, getting into the playoffs gives us a chance to win the Super Bowl, and uh, that's our that's our main goal. Meanwhile, the New York Giants return to the postseason for the first time since 2016. They're traveling to Minnesota to face the Vikings. Giants running back Saquon Barkley says he's going to try to stay in the moment. For me, it's just another football game. I talked to Strahan when he was here not too long ago, and I asked him, I was like, what's really the difference between playoff football? And obviously, like the intensity rises and all that, but the biggest, best advice he gave me was just don't make the game bigger than it needs to be. The Eagles, meanwhile, sitting pretty in their nest, resting up and enjoying a bye week as the NFC's top seed. All right, your nightly market report is up next brought to you by ambassador advisors here's family life's dave margolotti stocks continuing their winning streak today earning season kicking off in earnest as several banks reported before the bell results providing a mixed bag as earnings beat expectations in general but items showing banks are setting aside more funds for potential consumer defaults were also noticed car stocks had a bad day as tesla lowered prices on several of its models due to slower demand retailers did well with target and and Amazon both gaining about 3%. Oil climbing further, now at $80 a barrel. The Dow today up 112 points. The S&P 500 added 15. And the Nasdaq tacked on 78. Ambassador Advisors is a Christian financial planning firm helping faithful stewards do more. Online at ambassadoradvisors.com. Thank you, Dave. This is the 5 o'clock report on Family Life. Jesus warned us that money rivals God for our loyalty and affection. Hi, I'm Rob West with the Faith and Finance Minute. Money can give us a sense of power and control as well as a sense of ownership rather than stewardship. In an article for the National Christian Foundation, Lauren Terrell suggests ways to push back against the tug of money. One is to take a mission trip where you focus on the needs of others. Another idea? Earmark money to give away first. When you get paid, do your giving first, then take care of the other items in your budget. Terrell calls it learning to hold money with an open palm instead of a clenched fist. Those are just two ideas that'll help you keep the Lord first in your life, where He always should be. Manage your finances wisely with the easy-to-use FaithFi app. Download FaithFi, Faith and Finance from your app store or learn more at faithfi.com. Very good. Now, coming up on the 5 o'clock report, a look back at the buoyant, squeaky history of the beloved rubber ducky. Uh, I'm Kevin Williams, and here is your Family Life Regional Weather Forecast. As the weekend moves along, cold air will be well in place, but the snow some saw today, well, it may still be on the ground, but there'll be little falling from the skies. Higher pressure build in to clear the skies, in fact, set us up for some sun tomorrow, lots of it on Sunday. But there'll still be some slippery spots tonight where there was some snow today. It'll be cloudy to mostly cloudy tonight. Do expect some patches of lake snow and flurries. There could be an inch or so, maybe two, southeast of Lake Ontario in spots. Low temps tonight, mid-teens, low 20s, coming back into the the 20s tomorrow with clouds, sun, and some lake flurries. Bright sunny on Sunday, the high temperature then in the 30s. All right, Kevin, thank you very much. And finally at 5, go ahead, sing along. You know you want to. Rubber ducky, you're the one. Who knows who gets to declare such things, but since it's apparently National Rubber Ducky Day, what better time than now to float a little bit of the history of the classic tubby time toy your way? A toy hall of famer, rubber toys first bounced into bathrooms in the late 1800s, courtesy of Charles Goodyear. The original rubber duckies, solid rubber, they didn't float. They were intended as chew toys. 
the 1940s, though, we had the bright yellow floating version that kids the world over have grown to love. Wartime rubber shortages led to the plastic pals instead. In 1970, Sesame Street sealed the deal with Ernie's unforgettable bath time ballad to his buoyant buddy. If you want a free one, try the Pacific Ocean. In 1992, a cargo ship spilled 29,000 of them overboard. Some floated as far as the Arctic. Others are probably still out there, though. At this point, they could probably use a little tubby time themselves. Oh, I quack myself up. That's the world we live in for Friday the 13th of January 2023. Thank you again for joining us. Have a blessed weekend. I'm Mark Webster, Family Life News.